This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the top four things to know when your company closes its doors. With me today, I have certified financial planner, Kelsey Banky. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. And, you know, the unfortunate issue is that every once in a while, there are companies that close their doors. Absolutely. There, there are companies that close plants. There are companies that close locations. There are companies that just go under. And it leaves employees displaced, but faced with a lot of decisions. So not only is there the emotional component to the fact that you're having an unexpected job change foisted upon you, but you also have a lot of financial decisions that have to come with that and be made, some of them ahead of time, some of them after the fact. But there are definitely strategies that can help make this time in your life that's I probably going to be pretty stressful, make it a lot easier. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Um, if you get noticed that your company is going to close its doors, Kelsey, what is the first thing that you would recommend that people do? I think getting a really good understanding of your cash flow, um, both currently and then how you're going to bridge those next several weeks, months, whatever it may be. You might get a lot of notice. You might only get a little bit of notice. I don't, every situation's different. Um, but to figure out what your cash flow is and a plan for how you're going to get from where you are now until you reasonably think you'll begin employment again or um, receiving income again. Right. And the tricky thing is sometimes it, there is a big gap between jobs, right? If there's a lot of people that have been laid off or let go from a plant or something like that that's closed, then all of that workforce is trying to find jobs. And so there might not be easy, you know, pickings to go find another job. So from a short term cash flow perspective, without freaking yourself out and creating a massive budget, you could start looking at it in terms of what we call an income gap analysis, which means that you would look at what are the amounts of money coming into your home right now, and then how much money do you really comfortably have at the end of the month. If you don't have any money left at the end of the month, then you know that your income is matching your expense needs. If you have extra money, you know that maybe you're not going to need quite as much and so that you can plan on figuring out a strategy for a little bit less than what you are bringing in right now. The other thing from a short-term cash flow planning need, though, is to look at how you're spending money and determine are there anything, is there anything from a short-term perspective that you could trim? Absolutely. And, you know, I would argue just about anybody could find something to trim mm -hmm. um, when the going gets tough. And even if your cash flow is okay in the event that your company shuts down, um, especially because there's usually a lot of people with similar uh, qualities of, of employee that they're all competing for the same jobs, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's this big influx of um, supply and not as much of demand, that classic situation. So understanding what you can cut if you need to might help you bridge a longer term than maybe what you were expecting. So um, I tend to, when, when things feel like they're getting a little crazy in life, um, as we talked about in the government shutdown a, a few times ago, um, I tend to go, okay, 
even though I've got some cash flow that I'm, I'm feel okay, I tend to won't shut down yep, and, and bring everything up. tight <laughs> and, and not spend anything unnecessarily. And so, you know, look at what your opportunity for that is, and that might help get, you know alleviate some of the stress too. And remember, it's not a forever thing. It's right. just until you find another job mm-hmm. thing. So hopefully it is a temporary kind of a short-term cash flow situation. Now, if you are going to need to tap into money that you have when your paycheck stops because your your employment ended, then there's kind of an order of how to tap into those funds that makes more sense. Now, everybody's situation is unique, but generically speaking, the first thing that you might want to tap into is what are called non-qualified monies. So non-qualified monies basically mean money that's not in an IRA. Sure, like your checking account, savings account, CDs, there's investment accounts that can be not IRAs. Um, those kind of things, the, the tax implications for getting into those and and are, are much less than your IRAs typically. But then um, you still need to pay attention to what kind of fees you could be associating or you could be um, creating for yourself in, in accessing those. So looking at those things first would be the, the first thing to do there. The second layer that you might want to consider tapping into would be your Roth IRAs. And it's likely that if you've got a short-term cash crunch, the Roth IRAs are a better place to source than, say, your traditional IRAs or your 401k money. The reason for that is because of how the tax benefits inside of a Roth IRA works. So if you have held your Roth IRA for five years and are over the age of 59 and a half, then the earnings on your Roth IRA can come back out tax-free and without any penalty. But let's just make the assumption that if your company has closed the doors, you might not be over 59 and a half. You might not have held your Roth IRA for five years. What you can do is you can take your contributions to your Roth IRA back out without taxes or penalties. You just can't take the earnings out. So if you need to tap into something, then the contributions you made to your Roth IRAs might be a source that you go to if you're really getting short on cash. And that would be better than taking it out of your 401k or your IRAs because your those sources of money are going to have taxes due as well as a 10% penalty from the IRS for taking money out too young. So if you can avoid those penalties, it's going to be much better for you. Now, the next thing that we think it's very important for you to be thinking about is to review and understand your insurance options. Yeah, so often people have a lot of their their benefits, their insurances and things like that tied to their employment. And if your um, uh, employment is unexpectedly ending, uh, it's important to understand how does that affect your insurance and other benefits and what are your options moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, some companies, depending on their size, are going to offer a program called State Continuation. Some companies are going to offer a program called COBRA. And some companies may not have any options if the company itself potentially has gone bankrupt or something like that. So you do need to take the time to study what your options are. State Continuation is different from COBRA in that continuation typically will only provide nine months of coverage after you're no longer with the cover the company and cobra 
will typically only provide 18 months of coverage. Now, there's lots of different rules about continuation and COBRA, and many of them have to do with the size of your company as to which benefit they would actually be offering. But your, your best plan is to go talk to somebody in your HR department, get the information for what happens with you and your family's health insurance once the company closes its doors so you can make a plan. Not only are you going to have to know how much it's going to cost you to stay on the coverage. You need to understand what your exposure is from a deductible standpoint or from a doctor office copay standpoint and things like that. So you can factor that into your planning while you're in between jobs. Yeah, insurance, as, as expensive as it can be when, when you're looking at your health insurance, especially if you have to pay more of it out of pocket, um, it, a severe event can be way way beyond that so right. it's it's crucial to understand where your insurance is going to land um once the the company does close its doors because that's you know we insure against that because the cost of an event happening is just it's it's huge you know I've taken my son to the doctor for various different things and things you wouldn't think are that big of a deal and it's amazing when you look at the bill of what that costs and what the insurance company's mm-hmm. paying for and if you it's don't have that coverage yeah and you have to pay that out of pocket it can take something that's bad like you you losing your job to a company closing and just magnify that to no no end by having to pay those out of pocket. My son was in a car accident a little over a year ago and hit the emergency room and had a cat scan done and a um, bunch of other tests and things like that um, and then went home a few days later really wasn't feeling well so went back again and had some more tests done. And altogether, the amount that the insurance covered was over $60,000. So had he not had good health insurance, he would be a young person that has a $60,000 medical bill. And that's just something that's insurmountable for most people to ever really get out from under. Yeah. So it's the important monthly to have in- coverage. Yeah, <laughs> and the monthly insurance benefit doesn't seem as bad when you're looking at what it could be. Exactly. exactly. It's still a lot. Don't get me wrong, but it compared to $60,000 out of pocket. Yeah. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the top four things to know when your company closes its doors. Now, we've talked about your cash flow. We've talked about your insurance issues. And now I want to talk a little bit about the tax situation. So one of the things that people sometimes don't understand is that severance packages, accumulated vacation payouts, sick time payouts, even unemployment can be taxable events for them. So if you are fortunate enough to get some type of severance package, understand that there is going to be a tax bite out of that. And you have to make sure you know that and you know how much you're going to owe on the taxes. Yeah. A lot of times when when companies close, I mean, it's all handled differently. They could just close Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're on your own. And sometimes they um, have anticipated this and calculated this and the company is going to keep going, just not in your location. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes things that come out of that that can help the employees bridge that gap until they find their next employment um, or give, you know, help with part of it. And so if you're looking at a severance package or if they're going to pay out for your sick time and vacation time, things like that, um, 
don't enter that blindly. Make sure you you do some research or you talk with a professional to understand um, both how that's going to help you and how to make that work for you in the short term, but also what the long-term tax implications could be. Now, we can't really stress enough that talking to an accountant might be a smart move for you during this time. If you are fortunate to get some type of lump sum severance payout, you want to have a conversation with an accountant to find out if any of the taxes that were withheld are going to be enough. Sometimes it is a high enough percentage and sometimes it's not, and you're going to want to set aside some cash to cover your tax obligations for that. The other thing is if you don't have some type of lump sum helping you out and you end up finding yourself on unemployment, you need to talk to your tax preparer about how your unemployment is going to be taxed. If it's going to be taxed and they're not going to withhold anything, you could wind up with a very nasty surprise at the end of the year where you owe a bunch of money and you might not even be realizing it. Absolutely. So just understand that those could be um, things that you have to have to conquer and, and work with somebody to make sure you know it ahead of time instead of getting the surprise and having to scramble. Now, the fourth and final main thing that we think you should know when your company closes its doors is you're going to need to make a decision on your company's retirement plan what to do with that. So first of all, everybody has, generally speaking, the same options. So there's some standard options that people can do with their retirement or account. Um, what I do want to say, though, is that without going into those options just yet, it could be something that if you're at the right stage in life, it could be something that the company closing could create an environment where maybe you can retire early. So if you're approaching that retirement age and you're thinking about retiring early, then this could be an opportunity for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, a horrible thing when you get the notice and you aren't expecting it uh, in most cases. However, a lot of times it can create opportunity. Um, and, and a lot of times we've seen in the past opportunity for people to go ahead and hang it up and move on with their retirement plans that they've been focused on for so long. Now, I wrote a book a while ago called Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger. And it is a book that is going to help you understand whether or not you are ready. So for those of you listening, we have arranged for this book to be free to download on Amazon from March 3rd through March 7th. So as our gift to our listeners from this, if you want to download that book absolutely free during that time, again, March 3rd through March 7th on Amazon, Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger by Mary Stirk is going to be available. And if you are wanting to read that after the fact, we'll just reach out to us and we might be able to arrange for a digital copy to be sent to you. That is going to be something where you can figure out if early retirement is now an option for you. And if it is, maybe this can be one of the best things that's ever happened in your life. Absolutely. It might be a great opportunity um, if you, you, know, you do the work and you figure out what you can afford to do after the, the company closes. Might be that chance for you to reinvent yourself and go the direction that mm -hmm. you've been thinking about for a while. Is and this exciting. is just the shove you needed. So. <laughs> okay, so back to those options that people have. So generally speaking, when someone leaves an employer, there's four basic options that you can you can do with your retirement account. Most of the time, you can, number one, leave it there with the company. Number two, roll it to another company. Number three, cash it out. Or number four, roll it to some type of IRA. 
So we're going to talk a little bit about all four of those options. Now, hear me saying that there is not necessarily one best option for everybody. It's completely situational. And some of it depends on what's happening with your company. Some of it depends on what your other uh, financial status is. And some of it depends on your age. Absolutely. And it's it's important to evaluate those four, truly understand the pros and cons of each direction. And with that knowledge and information, then you can make a good educated decision that will likely work for you and, and help you in the future. So the first one was you could leave it with your current company's plan. Well, if your current company is closing its doors and going out of business, you might not have that opportunity because eventually then the plan itself is going to close and you'll have to make a decision about what to do. Sometimes when plans close, it puts a freeze on the money for a while. So if you are going to want to utilize one of the other options, you might want to consider doing it shortly after you leave rather than waiting too long and getting involved in a plan that is kind of frozen before the plan terminates. Now, the other piece of that, though, is a lot of times people don't want to leave their retirement money in a plan with the company that just let them go. It's kind of an emotional right? piece of baggage there. I'm like, <laughs> why would I want to keep my money in their plan? <laughs> so that can be the downside of doing that. Um, all plans have some type of internal expense features in them. And all plans have a required disclosure that they have to provide to employees now, many times you go find it online. So if you can go into your online portal to look at your retirement account, you can find the fee disclosure. But all plans have some type of internal expense factors. And one of the key things that you're going to want to investigate or work with a financial advisor to investigate is what are the expenses in that plan? And does it make sense for you to leave the money in that plan? The second option would be is if you do get a new job, you potentially could roll the money from your old plan to your new plan. One benefit of that is consolidation. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's similar type money, having multiple accounts, especially one with an old employer and you can forget those passwords and all that stuff and pretty soon it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, so a benefit of consolidating is simply not having to track as many accounts um, there are cons to that decision as well, but every, like we've said many times, every plan's a little different. Um, so the pros and cons of e even the individual plans are, are unique and it, and it requires some evaluation. So the cons of consolidating it into a new employer's plan, though, is that the new employer's plan may not have all of the same money types. So inside of a 401k plan, you can have a pre-tax bucket of money. Some plans allow a Roth bucket of money. Some plans allow an after-tax bucket of money. And if your new plan with your new employer doesn't have the same buckets available that your old plan did, you can sometimes run into some tricky factors when rolling it over with tax situations and quirky money type issues and things getting forced out when you didn't expect them to. So that's something you have to look into before you actually make the decision just to move it to the new plan. Okay, the third option that we talked about was cashing the money out. So if you cash the money out, what's the first thing, Kelsey, that you need to know? You're going to pay taxes, taxes and potentially fees. <laughs> Lots of taxes because all of the money coming out of a 
401k and the traditional side of it is going to be taxable. And if you take a big bunch of money out of your 401k and pay taxes on it, it might even flip you into a higher tax bracket. And this one you need to be especially careful of if your company's closing and you are getting severance packages or anything like that or unemployment. I mean, all those things we talked about earlier that have tax consequences to them potentially. If you compound on top of that, taking out your 401k, now you could be in an extremely crazy tax situation. So proceed with caution there. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense for you. Everybody's different, but proceed with caution. It can get very expensive from the IRS Mm -hmm. if you have to pay taxes. If also you're under the age of 59 and a half, you could owe a 10% penalty. Right. There is a loophole for people under the age of 59 and a half, but over the age of 55 that could allow you not to pay that 10% penalty, but 10% penalty could apply and that needs to be considered in making this decision. So let's talk a little bit about that loophole because it's a very interesting loophole. If you separate from service when you're 55 or older, but before the age of 59 and a half, you actually can withdraw money from your 401k without that IRS penalty. And many people don't know that that's a loophole. But the tricky part of it is it has to come out of the 401k. If you roll the money to an IRA, that loophole closes. You no longer can do that. So the fourth and final option is you could roll that retirement plan to an IRA. The IRA is going to have a lot more of a broad choice of investment options and it can be custom tailored to your own financial planning. So there can be a lot of very, very clear benefits to rolling it over to an IRA, but you have to talk with an advisor to understand the difference in expenses, the difference in fees, and make sure it's something that is going to work well for you. So if you are thinking about handling that retirement account, we highly encourage you to reach out to one of our advisors at any of our locations. We work with clients all over the United States, so location is not important. You can reach out and contact us and visit with one of our advisors because making this decision is incredibly important. In fact, it's so important that if your company has closed its doors, then we would be happy to visit with you and do an analysis of your 401k options at no charge to help you understand what's the best option for you and make sure that you don't miss any potential loopholes that are available for you when making this decision. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. We hope this has given you some insight into the top four things you need to know when your company closes its doors. And we'll talk to you next time. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.